0: Good Friday is a time for somber reflection as we approach the mystery of the cross. But the austerity of Good Friday liturgy should not be obscure and should not obscure the fact that it is a death that we celebrate because of the forgiveness and life which flowed from the cross and for us and for our salvation. Because Good Friday is not an isolated event or a day, but part of God's planned revelation of His love, we listen to the entire story of God's work of salvation and deliverance. The message of the cross is the message of the scriptures, planned by God, proclaimed by the prophets, and fulfilled in Christ. The liturgy continues with what was begun on Monday Thursday, and this liturgy will not be complete until Easter Sunday adds its own message of hope and triumph. <laughs> let us pray. Almighty God, graciously behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed, to be given into the hands of sinners, and to suffer death on the cross, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This evening we'll have nine readings. The first reading comes from Genesis chapter 3, The Loss of Innocence or the fall to Sin. Now the snake was the most cunning animal that the Lord God made. The snake asked the woman,
1: Did God really tell you not to eat eat the fruit from from any tree in in the the garden?
0: garden? And the woman answered, We We may may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except the tree in the middle. God God told told us not not to eat the fruit
1: of that that tree or even touch it. If we we do, we will die.
0: The snake replied, that, that is, is not, not true. You, you won't die. die. God,
1: God only, only said that because He knows that when you eat of it, it you, you will, will be, be like Him and know no good, good and evil.
0: The woman saw how beautiful the tree was, how good its fruit was and to eat, and how wonderful to become wise like God. So she took it and ate and immediately gave some to her husband to eat. As soon as they had eaten, they understood, and they realized they were naked. In the evening, they heard a voice of God calling them, but they hid in fear. God called.
1: Where Where are are you? you?
0: The man answered. I I heard heard you in in the the garden garden and and was was afraid, so so I hid because I was naked. naked. Who told you that you were naked? God asked. Did you eat of the tree I commanded you not to eat? The man answered.
1: It It was was the woman woman you gave me who offered me the the fruit.
0: And the woman said, But "But the snake snake tricked me into eating it. Then God cursed the snake, saying,
1: From now on you will crawl in the dust, and and I will will put put hate between between you and and the woman. Your your offspring will be enemies. Her son son will crush your head,
0: and you will bite his heel. This is the word of the Lord.
2: The second reading comes from Isaiah 7 and 9. The Messiah is promised. The Lord said to Ahaz, Ask me for a sign. Ahaz refused, saying it was wrong to put the Lord to the test. But Isaiah spoke for the Lord to the whole house of David and all their descendants, saying, You may wear out your own patience, but do not wear on God's patience. This is the sign of the Lord. A virgin will conceive and bear a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. And Isaiah spoke, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in shadows have seen the light shine. The Lord has given great joy and the people rejoice. A child is born to us and a son is given to us and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. And his power will be great and his kingdom will bring peace Until the end of time, the Lord Almighty has determined to do this.
0: Our third reading from Matthew chapter 1 is the promise is fulfilled. Now this is how Christ was born. A virgin named Mary was engaged to Joseph from King David's family. Before they were married, she learned that she was going to have a baby by God's Holy Spirit. Joseph was a good man. And did not want to embarrass Mary in front of everyone, so he decided to call the wedding off quietly. While Joseph was thinking about this, the angel of the Lord came to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the baby that Mary will have is from the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and marry her. And after the baby is born, call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So God's promise came true, just as the prophet Isaiah said, a virgin will have a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph woke up, and he and Mary were married, as the angel said, but they did not live together as husband and wife until the baby was born. The child Joseph named Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. 16 in Matthew chapter 21, as a Savior is welcome, we read responsively. Jesus asked his disciples,
1: What are, are the people saying, saying about me? me?
0: The disciples answered,
1: Some say you are John, John the Baptist, the Baptist or, or maybe Elijah,
0: or Jeremiah, or, Jeremiah, or
1: another, another prophet come back from, back from the, the dead.
0: Jesus asked them, Who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up,
1: You, you are, are the, the Messiah, Messiah the, the Son of the, the living God.
0: From then on, Jesus began telling his disciples what would happen to him. He said,
1: I must must go go to Jerusalem, where where the leaders, leaders, chief priests, and teachers teachers of the law of of Moses will make me suffer terrible things, and there there I will be crucified. But after after three three days, I will will rise rise to to life again. Again.
0: Later, Jesus said to them again in private, Now we are on our way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. where where the Son of Man will will be betrayed betrayed to to the chief priests and teachers teachers of the law. They
1: they will sentence him to death and and hand him over to foreigners to be mocked. They will beat him and and nail him him to a cross. But on on the third day he will rise from death.
0: Coming near to Jerusalem, Jesus sent out two of his disciples ahead, telling them,
1: Go "Go to to the village where you will will find find a donkey and her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you, say, The Lord has need of them.
0: He will will let let you take them. And God's promise came true as the prophet said,
1: Say to the people of Jerusalem, Your king is coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on the colt of a donkey.
0: The disciples did just as was told them, and Jesus got on. Many people spread their clothing on the road, And others put down palm branches. Others walked ahead of Jesus, and still others followed behind. All were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. And the crowds answered, saying, This is Jesus, the the prophet from from Nazareth Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Sang. Through pillared court and temple, the loving anthem rang. To Jesus, who had blessed them, clothes folded to his breast. The children sang their praises. The a blessed. And Waving and chanting clear and loud The Lord of men and angels Rode on in lowly state Nor scorned that little children Should on his bidding
2: wait The fifth reading lot is hatched. Then Satan called to Judas, one of the twelve, and he went to the ruling priests and captains of the temple and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. What will you give me if I hand him over to you, he asked. They were happy to hear it and agreed to give him 30 pieces of silver. He promised to do it, and from then on he looked for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Then came the festival of the unleavened bread and Jesus sat at Passover with his disciples. I tell you, I will not eat this again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God, said Jesus. As the disciples were quarreling amongst themselves to decide who was the greatest, Jesus took a basin of water and began to wash their feet. Do you know why I have done this? I have given you an example so that you will do as I have done. Whoever would be great should be like the one who serves, I have chosen to be among you as one who serves. Later Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples stared at one another, wondering who Jesus meant. Judas, who was dipping his food into the dish with Jesus, asked, You do not mean me, do you? I do, said Jesus. And Judas left the place. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this often in remembrance of me. And after they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord."
3: King of kings yet born of Mary as of
0: mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Job chapter 42. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore take seven bulls, And seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job will pray for you. And I'll accept his prayer, not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Dear friends of Christ, you know, since you're at home listening to this on your computer or on your phone, I want you to do a Google search, Uh, Google Richardson Spite House. That's Richardson with an O-N. So look it up. Richardson, O-N, Spite House. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, Just look at the picture there. You don't need to read the article. In 1882, a New York City businessman named Joseph Richardson owned a narrow strip of land. It was only five feet wide, but it was 104 feet long. Kind of a worthless piece of property. But another businessman... Hyman Sarner owned the normal-sized lot right next to Richardson's skinny one. Sarner wanted to build an apartment that fronted the avenue and offered Richardson $1,000 for his slender slot. Richardson was offended by that small offer and demanded $5,000. Sarner refused. Richardson called Sarner a tightwad and slammed the door on him. Sarner assumed that the land would remain vacant and instructed the architect to design an apartment building with windows that overlooked the avenue. When Richardson saw that the building was finished, he resolved to block the view. No one was going to enjoy a free view over his lot. So Joseph Richardson built a house. It was five feet wide and 104 feet long and four stories high. The house was so narrow that only one person at a time could use the staircase. The largest table in any room was 18 inches wide. A newspaper reporter, a big man, large around the waist, did a story on the house. And unfortunately, the stairway was so narrow, he got stuck. And the only way he was able to get free was to strip down to his underwear. Today, the infamous building is called the Spite House. In 1915, 30 years later, they tore it down. That's very odd, though, because I know I've seen that. I know I've been there before, and so have you. If my memory serves me correctly, I'm certain that each of us have squeezed our way through its narrow hallways before the Spite House. It's a lonely place. There's only room for one person. And people who live in the Spite House are reduced to one goal. They want to make life miserable for somebody else, and they usually do, after all. It isn't called the spite house for nothing. We're in a sermon series on Job, and if anybody had a reason to live in the spite house with large amounts of animosity and resentment, it was Job. Job should have resented his wife. Why? Because after Job had lost everything, his wife told him, curse God and die. Well, (laughs) that'll certainly make a person feel abandoned. And then there was Eliphaz the accuser. He said, good people never perish. And bad people who sow trouble, they reap trouble. You now, Both those verses imply that God, that Job got exactly what he deserved from God. Now, and don't forget Bildad the Brutal. He said, your children sinned against God. So he gave them over to the hand of their transgression. Yeah, for Bildad, the only explanation for the tragic death of Job's ten children was because they'd sinned against God. And then there was Zophar the Arrogant. He arrogantly set himself up above Job in righteousness. And he seemed to care little about Job's suffering and pain. These friends, these people, never sought God. They never prayed to God on Job's behalf. And in Job chapter 11, they're all surprised that the Lord hadn't punished Job more severely. Their take? Job needed to stop griping, stop complaining, and needed to start repenting. You know, there are few experiences in life that are more painful than being rejected by family and friends who should be there for us and understand and sympathize with us. And can't you see why Job would want to live in the spite house? However, instead of spite, Job prayed. He prayed for those who wronged him. Eventually, God slammed the hammer on Job's friends and he came down on them God accused them of falsely accusing Job for sins he had never committed. And in our text, God says, My servant Job will pray for you, and I'll accept his prayer, and I'll not deal with you according to your folly. Now notice, God calls Job my servant. Four times. Four times. And what does God's servant do? He prays for his enemies. He blesses those who curse him. He didn't return evil for evil. Job was still a broken man. He was still scraping pus from his boils. But he refused to unleash weapons of revenge. Do you understand why I picked this text for Good Friday? Do you get it yet? Have you put it together? If anybody, and I mean anybody, had a reason to live in Spite House with large amounts of animosity and resentment, it was Jesus. Job's willingness to forgive those who unjustly accused him just was a foreshadowing. It foreshadowed the greatest act of injustice the world had ever seen. The sinless Son of God falsely accused and killed for sins he never committed. The chief accusers of Christ, they were the chief priests and scribes. They were the ones who paid Judas 30 pieces of silver to betray the master. They're the ones who sent the temple soldiers to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Chief priests and scribes, they're the ones who constructed a kangaroo court and to falsely convict Jesus to death without one stitch of evidence. And they're the ones who eventually brought this case to Pilate and then stirred up the crowd so that everybody else would demand for his crucifixion too. And then there were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees were the first group to seek Jesus' death. They started the whole plot. And when Jesus cleansed the temple, drove out the money changers, the Sadducees joined their plan. Together they set out to murder Christ, no matter the cost. Oh, and don't forget the Roman soldiers. They brutally beat Jesus with a whip. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. They blindfolded him and hit him in the face. With their fist and with a stick and spat on him and mocked him. And finally, with three nails, the Roman soldiers crucified him. Of course, you're going to have to add to the list Pontius Pilate. He proclaimed to everyone that Jesus was innocent, and yet, because of the Jewish pressure, the Roman governor sentenced Jesus to crucifixion and then publicly washed his hands of the whole mess. It was just a crass, political, double-faced act of betrayal. Quite a list. Wouldn't you agree? But it's not complete. Now, I want you to think, why was Jesus being treated like this? Why was he there? Why was he being crucified? Why was he dying? Well, Jesus should have had huge amounts of spite for all of them and for all who made him come to earth. He should have had huge amounts of spite for every sinner. Yeah, for you and for me. That's right. You and I are on that list. Our sin sent Jesus to the cross. Our corruption, our pride, our pettiness. And do you, do you know how awful it would be if Jesus lived in the spite house? <laughs> our souls would be eternally condemned. We all deserve his spite. Look what the world did to him. The soldiers hoisted the perfect, sonless Son of God. They, the cross swayed back and forth until finally it secured itself upright in the hole. And then they gambled to decide who would win the Savior's clothes. And at that point, what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them. Who's the them? Father, forgive them. Is it the chief priests and the scribes? The Pharisees and the Sadducees? Yes. The Roman soldiers? (laughs) Sure is. How about Pontius Pilate? Yes. And, And you and me? Yes. Yes, Job was God's servant. And as God's servant, Job prayed for his accusers. Well, God, or Jesus, was God's ultimate servant. And as God's ultimate servant, Jesus prayed for his enemies. He blessed those who cursed him. He didn't return evil for evil. Jesus was a broken man. He hung in pain and misery as Job sat in pain and misery. He still refused, though, to unleash his weapons of revenge. Jesus Jesus simply refused to live in the spite house. Instead, he loves. Instead, he prays. And instead, he forgives. So how about you? Oh, I know. It's so easy to hold on to raw anger and that bitter resentment. I know, I I know. He treated you like trash. She left you when you needed her the most. And they let you down at the most critical moment of your life. Well, you can flee. You can fight. Or you can forgive. And some opt to flee. They opt to get out of that relationship and start all over. Others fight. Houses become combat zones. Offices become boxing rings, and relationships become a battlefield. But many simply choose to move into the spite house, where there's a room for only one person at a time, and they stay in the spite house, and they live with all that tension and resentment. And yes, you can choose to live like that. Or you can choose to forgive. You can choose to forgive the way Jesus forgave his accusers and prayed for them. And how do, you get, how, how do you get that kind of power to forgive? You remember Jesus' words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Does that make forgiveness easy? No. Does that make forgiveness quick? Seldom. Does it make forgiveness painless? I don't think so. But stay the course. You'll spend less time in the spite house and more time in grace house. And as someone who has walked through the hallways of both, I guarantee you're going to love the space of grace. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. The sixth reading, the condemnation is carried out, we read responsibly. Judas knew the place where Jesus went and took a troop of soldiers and temple guards there. He betrayed Jesus with a kiss, and Jesus asked, Friend, will you you betray betray the the Son son of Man man with with a a kiss? kiss? Then they came and took a hold of Jesus and rested him, and led him away bound to the high priest's palace. First they stopped to see Annas, father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. He inquired of Jesus about Jesus' disciples and teaching. Jesus insisted that he had taught publicly and had not said anything in secret. Still bound, they took him to Caiaphas. They tried to find a charge which would stick against Jesus, but found none. The witnesses disagreed and gave false testimony. Finally, two men agreed, saying,
1: He said, I will tear down God's temple and in three days build another.
0: Still, it was not enough. The high priest asked Jesus, but he did not answer until the high priest insisted that he swear by the living God that he was the Christ, the Son of the Blessed. And to this Jesus said, I I am. am. At last they had a charge. And the priest tore their robes in mock outrage. He He has has blasphemed. blasphemed. He He is is guilty guilty and and deserves deserves to die. die. At dawn, they brought Jesus before the whole council and repeated what had taken place. Then they ordered him over to death and took him to Pilate. They could not go into Pilate's house or they would be ritually unclean for the Sabbath, so Pilate came out to them. Pilate asked,
1: What "What is is the the charge?
0: And they answered, He is is a criminal criminal deserving deserving of death. Pilate responded, Take "Take him yourselves and and judge him. But they insisted, so Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the the Jews? Jews? And Jesus answered, Oh, my kingdom is not of this world, Pilate asked.
1: Then you you are are a a king? king.
0: I am, said Jesus. For this I was born, that I might testify to the truth. Pilate did not find Jesus guilty of death and did not want to sentence, sentence him to death. When Pilate heard Jesus was from Galilee, he sent him to Herod, who was in Jerusalem for the festival. Herod was glad to see Jesus and hoped to see a miracle. But Jesus did not say a word to Herod. So they took him back to Pilate. Pilate continued to protest, saying, I I have examined examined this this man and and found found him him innocent innocent of of the things of which which you accuse him. So I will have him whipped and and let let him go. go. There was a tradition of releasing one prisoner at the festival. So Pilate asked if he should set Jesus free, and the crowd insisted.
1: No, No, give give us us Barabbas. Barabbas.
0: Now, Barabbas was a ruthless murderer. So Pilate asked again if he should let Jesus go. They insisted all the more.
1: No, No, away with with Jesus. Jesus.
0: Crucify Crucify him. him. A third time, Pilate asked them if they, and they shouted all the louder. Crucify him. him. Crucify him. Their shouts overpowered Pilate. The soldiers took Jesus' clothes off and mocked him placing a scarlet robe on him, twisting a crown out of thorns, and kneeling in feigned devotion. Pilate brought out Jesus to the crowd again and insisted they look at him. And they cried out all the more, Crucify "Crucify him! him. Pilate washed his hands of the guilt of this innocent man, but handed Jesus over to be crucified. Pilate was afraid if he did not go along with the crowd, a riot would develop. The soldiers took off the robe, and the crown... And let him away to be crucified. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Mark the sacrifice appointed, see who bears the awful load. It's the word the Lord's anointed, Son of
0: man and Son of God. The seventh reading of the cross and, and the agony endured. The soldiers took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him, and so they took Jesus out and led him out to be crucified. He was carrying his own cross, and as they were going out, they found a man from Cyrene by the name of Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. He was on his way in from the country, and he was about to pass by. They took a hold of him and laid the cross on him and forced him to carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed him. The women in the crowd were beating their breasts and weeping over him. He turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not continue to cry over me. Rather, cry over yourselves and your children. They took Jesus to what was called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh and gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. They crucified him there. At that time, they crucified two robbers with him, one at his right and the other at his left, Jesus in the middle. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier, throwing dice for them to see which each one should get, And the tunic was left over. The tunic was without seam woven into one piece from top to bottom. And they said to one another, let's not tear it, but let's throw dice to see who gets it. In this way, what the scripture said was fulfilled. They divided my clothes among them, and for my garment they threw dice. So that's what the soldiers did. And they sat down there and kept watch over him. Pilate also wrote a notice. The accusation that had been written against him was placed above his head on the cross. It read, This is Jesus from Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many Jews read this notice because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Therefore, the ruling priests of the Jews told Pilate, Do not write king of the Jews. But he said, I'm the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I've written. The people stood there watching. Those who passed by, ridiculing, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! You're the one who's going to tear down the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. And in the same way, the ruling priests, together with the scribes and the elders, sneered and made fun of him among themselves and said, He saved others. He can't save himself. He should save himself if he is the Christ whom God has chosen. If he is Israel's king, he should come down from the cross now, and and then we shall believe in him. He's put his trust in God. Let God rescue him now if he so wishes, for he said, I am the Son of God. Soldiers also made fun of him when they went up to him and offered him sour wine. They said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And in the same way, the robbers who were there crucified with him were insulting him. One of the criminals who was hanging there was mocking him and, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other, warning him, asked, aren't you afraid of God? You're condemned just as he is. Our punishment is just for we are getting what we deserve for what we've done. But this one, he's done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clovis and Mary Magdala was standing near the cross of Jesus. He saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near. Woman, he said to his mother, there's your son. And then he said to his disciple, there's your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his own home This is the word of the Lord.
3: Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my soul
0: Sin. The eighth reading, suffering that leads to death. It was about noon when darkness came over the whole land, lasting until three in the afternoon because the sun had stopped shining. About three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When they heard him say that, some of those standing nearby said, Listen, he calls Elijah. After this, knowing that everything had now been finished, and to have the words of Scripture come true, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. A jar of full of sour wine was standing there. Immediately one of the men ran, took a sponge, soaked it in the sour wine, put it on a hyssop stem, and held it to his mouth and offered him a drink. The other said, Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. And after he said this, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Just then the inner curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks were split, the tombs opened, and the body of many believers, saints who had been sleeping were brought back to life. And they came out of their tombs after he had risen and went into the holy city where they appeared to many people. When the captain who stood facing Jesus saw how he gave up his spirit, he praised God saying, certainly, this man was righteous. Now when the captain and those watching Jesus with him saw the earthquake and the other things that happened, they were terrified. Certainly this was the Son of God, they said. And when all the people who had gathered to view this incident saw what was happening, they beat their breasts and turned back. All his friends, including many women, stood at a distance and watched. Among them were Mary from Magdala and Mary, the mother of James the younger, and Joseph Joseph and Salome, the mother of Zebedee's sons. While he was in Galilee, they had followed him and supported him. They followed Jesus from Galilee and had come up to Jerusalem with him. Since it was the day of preparation and the Jews did not want the bodies to stay on the crosses on the Sabbath, because that Sabbath was an important day, they asked Pilate to have the legs of the men broken and the bodies taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and then of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers struck a spear into his side, and immediately blood and water came out. He who saw it has testified about it, and his testimony is true. And you know he's telling the truth, so that you will also believe. In this way, what the Scripture said was fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And another scripture passage says, they will look at him whom they pierced. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Tomb is secured. In the evening, there came a rich man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, a Jewish town. He was an important member of the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, a good and righteous man who waited for the kingdom of God. He was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he was afraid of the Jews, he had not agreed to their plan of action. Since it was already evening on the day of preparation, which is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph from Arimathea got up the courage to go to Pilate and ask Pilate to let him take the body away of Jesus. Pilate wondered whether Jesus was already dead. So he called the captain and asked him, has he died already? And when he was assured of this by the captain, Pilate ordered that the body be given to Joseph. Joseph bought some linen and came and took Jesus' body down. Then Nicodemus also came, the one who had first come to Jesus at night. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in a clean linen cloth according to Jewish custom of burying the dead. There was a garden at the place where Jesus was crucified, and in the garden was Joseph's own new tomb that he had cut in the rock, in which no one had been laid yet. So they laid Jesus there, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the Sabbath was just beginning, and the tomb was near. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed closely behind. Mary from Magdala and the other Mary, the mother of Joseph, were there. Sitting opposite the tomb, they watched where and how his body was laid. After rolling a large stone against the door of the tomb, Joseph went away. Then the women went back and prepared spices and perfumes. But on the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. The next day, the day after the day of preparation, the ruling priests and Pharisees met with Pilate. They said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said he was still alive. After three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, to keep his disciples from coming to steal him, and saying to the people, He rose from the dead for then the last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate told them. Go and make it as secure as you know how. So they went out and secured the tomb by sealing the stone and setting the guard. This is the word of the Lord.
0: forgive them for they do not know what they are doing I tell you the truth today you'll be with me in paradise Jesus said to his mother dear woman here is your son and to the disciple John he said here is your mother my God my God why have you forsaken me I'm thirsty. It is finished. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. We adore you, O Christ, and bless you. By your holy cross you have redeemed the world. We adore you, O Christ, and we worship you. By your holy cross you have redeemed us.